put on Moana as she starts to sing a da 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 find me and oh <laughs> crying it's such a great song and she's on her own off in the water <laughs> the chicken is buck buck bucking out there with her and Disney Pixar, come for the silly animal sidekick and stay for the tears. Ah, see, now I'm getting calm. Thank you, Bullethead. Snowman are people, too. I really like the atmosphere and the quirky weirdness of nothing happening. <laughs> Eugene Buckhard. Yes, Navy SEALs is now on Blu-ray. Han Solo, you are not. That's taking one in the front and one in the rear there. Man. We have to change the subject. We have to change the subject. This is actually, we are going to start this show just <laughs> raging pissed off talking about <laughs> politics and all this other bullshit in the world. Oh. <laughs> and this would make some, for some good intro stuff, but it's like... <laughs> well, right here's your intro. This is it. We're in now. <laughs> no, <so> we, <laughs> the, the show has just now begun. I'm not putting anything else in. Yeah, so, so, dear listeners... Everybody, yeah. I don't want our whole audience to start off pissed off. Yeah, yeah. our dear <laughs> listeners will just be wondering, what was the first five minutes of this show like? Trust me, it, it was nothing you wanted to hear, and it uh, or it was stuff that you've already heard us start the show off with a million times. Oh, my kid shit my hand! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, or the dreaded projector failed again! Wee! Oh, yeah, work problems, and... Uh. Oh, let's get on to... Uh, how's it going, sir? <laughs> <laughs> happy, happy fun oh, time. Oh, hold on. I got a note here. I was going to tell you before the show started, but we got into it too hot and heavy at the start. So, uh, no clicky pen. Okay. Did I have a clicky pen or did you? You had a, you had a, no, I, I got rid of all my clicky pens because I used to do that all the time. Oh, okay. Because so during the show, it was click, 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 uh, tick, you know, you you, yeah. you have to be fidgeting. I, I finally went all cap pens. Nice. So. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, now it's for me. It's just my legs are just frantically shaking. It's like I'm running a hundred miles an hour right now. <laughs> I got you all good and pissed off. Yeah. Just oh, to... <laughs> I'm just raging pissed off right now. Movie freaks, let's go into the roulette. <laughs> oh, these poor movies are my poor movie oh, at least after this. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of actually like mine, but I'm ready to rip it a new asshole right now. <laughs> well, I'm sure there's something on your list that can can weather the storm of taking the beating. Yes. <laughs> I've recently watched, anyway. Uh, all right, let's dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough, or maybe a piece of coal? Could we even find a piece of coal to warm our ass? No, maybe not. Uh, in the last episode, it was 2307, Winter's Dream, up against Bullethead. And you're up first, so please tell me about Bullethead. Okay. Actually, after my pre-show rant, and uh, I'm, I'm trying to get, you know, onto a normal, you know, mindset here, I am happy to report that I actually did like this movie. Uh, okay. Surprisingly so. Uh, it's another one of the self-contained Netflix-type movies to where you get a small group of people trapped inside a location with an obstacle they have to overcome to escape their circumstances. And uh, what elevates this movie, and this is basically uh, Cujo in a big warehouse with uh, three uh, bank robbers. What makes the movie work so well is is the three bank robbers themselves. They all do such a great job. Adrian Brody, Rory Culkin, and uh, John Malkovich. And Antonio Banderas as 
the owner of said Cujo type dog, which actually it's a like pit bull. That, that warehouse was used as a pit bull fighting arena thing. And there was one dog left over. Um, okay. So what we have here, basically, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil the movie too much, but it's pretty self-explanatory. It's um, here's the setup and how do they get out of here? But what I liked is that um, for such a simple setup, they actually tried to invest in the characters themselves and you actually get to know some of their backstories, which really, really helps the movie uh, towards the end when, when shit really gets, starts to get real. Um, especially liked Rory Culkin's, his slight backstory was really good, kind of touching almost. Um, for a low budget movie, I'll tell you what, the, the stars are really, really good in it. Um, see, we start the show and, and we, now my sister's texting me. No! <laughs> Off! That just reminded me to turn mine down. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, this one here is a, this is not like Total Gem in the Rough, but highly recommended for a roulette movie. Definitely. Um, some of the dog stuff was good, and then some of it was meh. Uh, but this would here, I'll, I'm guessing this is going to probably end up in my top 10 best of roulette of the year, just because there's so much, there's so much feces that we go through yeah. that this one here is, it's, I think I gave it three out of five. Maybe almost three and a half. It was genuinely good. Some of the flashback stuff was a bit Tarantino-y as well, which I, you know, I can go either way on that. I thought it, because the movie was low budget, I appreciated it, but it, it you could watch it and you you might end up being like, oh, that's kind of a cool Tarantino type thing. Or, oh, pff, that's, that's a Tarantino type thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know what you're saying. But, um, I thought it was a good movie. Ah, see, now I'm getting calm. Thank you, Bullethead. <laughs> and in the uh, queue, it shall stay. Yeah, you should watch it, seriously. Uh, I'll tell you what, I wish that Rory Culkin would be in more movies. He really is a good actor. Uh, I really liked him in, um, oh, what was the one that he, uh, Scott Pilgrim. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, he's hilarious in that movie. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, solid cool. movie. Check it out. I will. Uh, okay, over on my side, 2307 Winter's Dream. In the frozen tundra of a futuristic Arizona where humans have been forced underground, a soldier hunts the bioengineered leader of a rebellion. Uh, yeah. Right off the bat, I knew I was in trouble with this movie. I mean, within the first minute. Because it starts off with this voiceover. And I can already tell... like the I'm not against voiceover or something, but... If you need voiceover, it's because th there's probably a weakness in the writing. Um, especially, I'm like, I'm not talking about a simple thought that goes through somebody's head, but like extended paragraphs. And this went on and on and on and on and on a voiceover. And it was all very serious, but the, oh, whispered serious. It was the winter and it was hard and the apocalypse came and humans were forced underground where it was still warm up to 10 meters deep. Huh? Yeah, you're, you're using the Earth's core to keep you warm and you're all at 10 meters deep. Wow. What a deep freeze. So not 12 Ugh. monkeys, maybe like three monkeys. <laughs> oh, God. And, and, then, I mean, 
but then I'd be like, okay, well, the production value on this, as far as like set design and um, eh, props, was all really, really well done. That stuff looked great. It was in a very shitty Blade Runner ripoff movie. Like, uh, seriously, this movie is Blade Runner 1 and 2 mushed together and done terribly. It's a complete ripoff. Um, I'm getting ahead of myself, but there's so many illogical and inconsistent things in the movie, too, that, that just make me want to throw my TV out the window. Like, they are out hunting this... They call them humanoids. And they call them noids, for short. Ugh. And then, uh, it, it's... God, dude, I mean... <laughs> Anyway, they're on this frozen lake, I guess, and they find annoyed fishing, <laughs> and so they tell him to freeze, and are they going to get him or something, and then he throws down some smoke and then runs away, and then one of the people runs up right beside the hole that he was at, and again, this is super ice world, frozen, like, dangerous to be outside, and stands right beside the ice hole, and then the guy pops up and pulls him down in the water, and he's instantly dead, and another guy runs over and sticks his arm in the hole to try and get him, and another guy comes over and rips the dude back, pulls his arm out of the water, and starts shooting, like, lasers at his arm because it was in the water for three seconds, so his arm was completely frozen. Now, I'm not a scientist, but if you're on a lake of ice that's maybe six inches thick, and you stick your arm, there shouldn't be any water down there. It would all be ice because it is so cold. You know, just like, and let alone water cold enough to instantly freeze your arm in two seconds, it doesn't make a lick of sense. And that is the first half hour of this. <sighs> I'm not going to call it names. I'm not going to call it names of this movie that I did not care for. Uh, now it went on and 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 got, uh, didn't get any better as it went. I mean, uh, again, the only. Good acting in this movie really was uh, from the bad guys when they finally caught up with them and were talking with them at the end. And uh, then they all had Blade Runner 2049 twist in it that was a total exact same thing. And um, what else? Uh, oh, yeah. They they called the guy annoyed lover at one point. So there's that. <laughs> oh, exactly. That, and that is this movie. That, that's, that was my reaction for an hour and 40 minutes. Oh. <laughs> oh, but again, the, the, whoever I get, I'm going to give credit though, to the people that did the props and, and set design and costumes and stuff. Cause that stuff was all really well done. Uh, credit there, but then they followed up. Obviously that's where all the money went because the, the, they get into some CGI in the second half and it is just the shittiest sci-fi channel CGI explosions and crap that you're just like, my, just, just, ugh. Blade, I almost said, almost said Blade Runner 2307. 2307, Winter's Dream Blade Runner. And why was it called Winter's Dream, you ask? Yeah. Do you, you want to know? You want to know? I'm... Uh, because that was the name of the mission to go out and capture the bad guy. At the very end, he's like, <sighs> Yes, sir. Mission Winter's Dream is accomplished. And this voiceover just wasn't at the beginning and the end. It went... It was pretty much throughout, but we'd take little 20 minute breaks or so, but then they'd come in and run. Ah, oh, it's so cold, and, and, and who'd have thought it would get away? And So you're telling me, keep it in the queue. I think you should watch the whole thing. 
No, I did make you watch five minutes, though. What did you think? Oh, I I uh, laughed my ass off after five minutes knowing that you had to endure another hour and 35 of that. <laughs> oh, so bad. And the one character turned out to be a Nazi, and she had of course. Mein, Kampf, mein Kampf in her jacket, and she was always reading aloud Mein Kampf and doing Nazi stuff, and you're like, why? 2307, Winter's Dream. Let's go down to the next round, please. Okay, first up. Please. <laughs> first up, Battle Drone, because that sounds like a perfect, perfect roulette after 2358289 or whatever. <laughs> Expendables meets the A-Team in this full-throttle action film where a group of skilled mercenaries find themselves... Be- Is that the actual synopsis? Expendables meets A-Team? Yes. Okay, stop. Next. Okay. <laughs> Keep it in the keep it in the roulette or in the you know. Okay, you keep pitching it my way. The next up is uh, Jared, but, but Le- not today, sir. Not today. <laughs> I don't know. Hold on. Next up is The Outsider, starring Jared Leto uh, and a bunch of other people. An epic set in post World War II Japan and centered on an American former GI who joins the Yakuza. That sounds incredibly cool, but there's also Battle Drones, so just keeping that out there. Just you know. Uh, and last but not least is, uh, Inconceivable, uh, starring Gina Gershon. It's, uh, oh, and Nicolas Cage. I forgot to mention him. Uh, mother looks to escape her abusive past by moving into a new, okay, that, oh, whatever. Shit. It's an hour and oh, 45 shit. minutes and it starts. Oh, no. Come on. <laughs> Nicolas Cage. And it is a drama slash thriller. So if you're into that, there you go. <laughs> Nicholas Cage movies should be mandatory 89 minutes. They, they're not even allowed 90. 89. Just stop it and hopefully 10 minutes of end credits. <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're lucky. Okay, coming your way. Nails. 85 minutes. I've thrown this on before. Recently, and I, uh, one of my buddies online gave this an okay review this week. I was like, all right, that's going back up. Recently paralyzed in a devastating car accident, Dana begins to suspect a dark and sinister force may be lurking within her hospital room. This is your horror roulette roulette pick this week. Uh, the next two are both, well, let's see, 106, 108 minutes. So they're a little on the long side, but I think their casts make up for it. During the Yugoslav Wars, uh, a perfect day. During the Yugoslav Wars, three hapless aid workers head out to dislodge a corpse, tainting a village's water. The day goes a bit south from there. Starring Benicio Del Toro, Tim Robbins, and Olga Kirlenko. So this has a good Solid cast. cast, yeah, definitely. And lastly, Wind River was up for Oscars. Jeremy Renner, Elizabeth Olsen, John Barenthal. We've talked about that before. So that's your third pick. Okay. But I figure you get two safe picks in one 85 minute at least that piece of shit won't be an hour and 40 minutes long so <laughs> uh you know i'm gonna because i watched a solid one with uh solid actors last week let's just go on the grenade roulette pick this time and go with the nails movie all righty there you go and uh, the other two i guarantee one of us or both of us will watch those other two i'm pretty sure both of those will be good but let's let this is roulette let's Let's just see. Yeah, you gotta take a safe pick, and then sometimes yeah. you gotta take a yeah twenty three oh seven. I will take the outsider. I don't care about the runtime. It's Jared Leto. It's Netflix original, and I need something to look forward to in movie watching because <laughs> oh, that was a long Sunday afternoon. Let me tell you. 
So is it inconceivable? Inconceivable? No, that's going to be a stupid joke. I was going to say, is it inconceivable that Battle Drone will ever be picked? But ugh, no, no, no. I <laughs> a couple episodes ago, I said there was some sci-fi stuff that they just threw on Netflix, and I think I even said twenty three oh seven. But what I meant was Battle Drone. So, oh, okay. Because I watched the like I watched the trailers for them. And I'm like, oh, they're both kind of roulette-y. Mm-hmm. But the Battle Drone one, I thought at least might be have some cool robots and something. The Instead Battle just... Drone movie, actually, I'm not sure if I said, but I believe it's it actually has some name actors in in that one. So, yeah. cool. Okay, keep it on the queue, but not uh, not this week. Oh no, I, I dove <laughs> on it this week. So, yeah, I was I was like Biff every time I get in a car and I see that little punk McFly, and you just know how this is going to end from the first minute. It's like a mouthful of shit. <laughs> uh, okay. Are you ready to move on? Yes. The Outsider up against Nails. Okay. And what are we doing? Theater ticket lottery. Grab your bags and boxes of tickets, kids. This is where we reach into our tubs of nostalgia and try and guess what genre the other person's going to pull out and then see if they have any stories to go along with the ticket. And since you're on the pole position, I guess it's up to you. What do you want to do? If you want to go first or... Okay. Um, you want to guess or what? Yeah, why don't you... Uh, what, what are you thinking? I'm going to pull out of my grab bag here. Oh, you want me to guess first? Yes. Okay. Um, hmm. I'm going comedy. I'm going safe right off the bat. And the winner is... I'm I'm sure it's not, but I I know nothing of this movie. Uh, Geronimo. I am assuming that that is the western that came out many many years ago, but I don't remember a thing about that movie. But Geronimo, you're Pierce Brosnan, maybe? Oh man, I literally have to go onto IMDb to find out what exactly that was. Geronimo. Um, uh, it must be the 1993. Jason Patrick and Gene Hackman. Okay. I guess uh, that's what it is, and is Wes Studi in that, maybe? Robert DeVall? Yes. Yeah, Wes Studi. Yeah, I I don't know anything about that movie. Do you have Nothing. a date on your ticket stub? I mean, you're sure that's the 1993? That is the one, yeah. Um, wow. It, December 1993. Well, I mean, we all know how funny that, that story is. Oh, so it's I, I, hysterical. Half, half a pointer. <laughs> Geronimo. Uh, no. <laughs> and it was, it, was, it was viewed in Worcester... Not that that means anything, but I'm guessing that that was probably one with my cousins, which means nothing, but whatever. Okay. Okay, what do you want? Um, I'm going to play it nice and safe. Let's go with science fiction. Ah. Hmm. Well, that uh, depends on your interpretation of science fiction, but I'm going to say no. Uh, driven. No. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, right? Yes. <laughs> Swing and a miss. Yep. Sorry, buddy. Uh, you know what? That movie is interesting to me because I remember watching it and thinking like it was okay. And I've watched it a few times on DVD and thinking, eh, it's all right. I can see why it's not great. But I, I think that thing is fairly reviled on the internet, isn't it? Yes. Okay. I remember nothing of it other than when I saw it the one time I, I liked it. That's IndyCar racing. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> uh, okay, I guess I'm going to go for a horror movie. 
Okay. Safe pick, huh? Oh, none of these are safe, because you always do the opposite order. Geronimo. I wouldn't have pegged you oh, to ever yeah, watch that movie. But and 93, that would have been high school. Yes, that was high school. That so was we, hanging out with the cousins. So Seeing anything. Yeah. Um, hey, Eric for the win. Candyman Part 2. Oh, nice. Yeah. Which I remember... The only thing I remember about Part 2 is, I guess... The bumblebees or something? There were bees in the movie? I, I remember... I think I've watched that one one time. Isn't that in both of them? Probably. But I yeah, I remember maybe there was like flashbacks to him as a... Was he a slave or... I don't know. I don't remember anything about Candyman 2. Yeah. I, I There was one where there, were the, there was flooding under the house and he fell in. But see, I couldn't I couldn't tell you if that was part one or two. Eh. Did you... Candyman. Have you watched... Like, I've only watched... The first one in the theater and the second one in the theater. I've, I don't think I've ever revisited those movies because they're okay, but I've just never been that enamored with that series. I think there's probably parts... I'm guessing there's another, like, part three and maybe even four. I don't know. I, I think I've watched two. One, I, one and two. But yeah. I don't... I Again, I couldn't tell you much of a difference other than... um, oh, What's her name? I know the actress from the first one. Virginia Madsen? Right. But was she in the second one? I don't think... Uh, like, <laughs> obviously Tony Todd is in the part two. I meh. Yeah. Obviously it wasn't that great. Yeah. I, well, I remember bees coming out of his mouth and yeah. hook hand. And so you say the thing in the mirror and then he shows up or something, yeah. right? Yeah. And this is a, I believe that's a Clive Barker story. It is mm. from probably one of his books of blood. Um, but yeah, I, I remember it not doing a whole lot for me when I saw it the first time, both of them. So I've never revisited them until they're on Blu-ray. Well, actually, yeah. part two is on Scream Factory. But even then, I'm like, eh, I'm good. Yeah. And I think I had one, just part one on VHS, and I traded it in. But if I would ever see it again, I would snap it up. On VHS? On VHS. Yes. That's about it. Yeah. Okay, what do you want? Um, I'm going to go with action. Not adventure, but diehardy action. That's pretty sick. Yeah. Here, oh, this one has coffee stains on it. Um, yeah, I'll give you this one. Hold on here, Batman Begins. There you I go. I would say that counts as an action movie. No, I mean I know it's not nonstop action, but I'm sure if you go to IMDb, that it will be one of three, two or three descriptions on there. Did you uh, did you watch any of the original like Tim Burton and um? No, uh, Schumacher. Schumacher theater. Yeah. Uh, funny story, actually. Last night we were sitting down with the uh, the kids and everybody. We don't usually all sit down together to watch stuff, but it was like, eh, let's sit down and watch something. I was like, all right. Wife starts breezing around Netflix. She was looking for Jumanji, but it wasn't on there. And while she was looking for that, she found uh, Batman Returns. So she thought, oh, maybe you know, we'll like that. And we've talked about that many times on the show. That's the Penguin. That's uh... yeah. Yep. And I, you know, I'm watching it and both me and Addison are groaning already and I'm making my witty comments as I always do that irritate everybody. But, you know, like, oh, oh don't worry about that guy that he just shoved the bomb down his pants. Uh, Batman doesn't kill. That that guy's fine. That guy's fine. Don't worry. You know, just <laughs> dumb stuff like that. But uh, the boys were, well, especially Holden was enamored. He sat there with this look on his face like, which is I mean, cool. That's pretty but that's, cool. It's perfect for his age. And I still, while I 
kind of trash on some of those movies, I still have an appreciation for it, you know? And Addie, at a certain point, she made it to about the second fight scene, I think maybe 40 minutes in, and she's like, I can't do this anymore. I'm done. Like, to her, it's such a cheese factory. And then she's like, can we please watch the good ones soon, please? Like, yes, anytime you want. Uh, but I did have to reflect on it that I was like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't think I saw Returns in the theater, but I definitely saw Forever, and I would guess Batman and Robin. Because I, 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 it just brought back a memory of driving around in my first car, listening to that Batman Forever soundtrack on, because that soundtrack was huge that, that year. That was so big. That was U2, wasn't it? Uh, yes. Yeah, U2 was on it, but I was remembering some other tracks. But it, it was in, like, I think my first car, listening to the cassette of it. And I just, just had a flash of a moment in time where it was like, I just remember listening to that, wearing that tape out. Um... And yeah, yeah, Batman Forever it is a thing that exists. <laughs> I am actually now that I think about it, I actually have seen every single Batman movie f- since Tim Burton's first one in the theater, and we're talking like Batman, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman Robin, and then the Christopher Nolan ones, and now the new DC ones. So I've I actually kind of cool. Oh, and of course the Brian Singer one as well. So, oh wait, oh no, wait, Brian he was Singer, Superman. Was, oh, the Sorry. Supermans, you mean? Okay, no, no, the, those were Brian Singer, but they were Superman. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. Yeah. Um, I, and uh, yeah, again with those first two Tim Burton ones, like I've, I used to think they were the greatest thing ever, and I was trying to explain to Addie, I was like, Addie, before this, we had uh, those couple Christopher Reeve Superman movies, and that was it. There was no comic book. I mean, that was all you had. So when this came out, this was amazing. Like, this was the darkness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially part two. Especially Batman Returns, which was, yeah. a, you know, a lot darker than the first one. Yeah. But, but it, and it's still, it's a frustrating, I was telling her, it's a frustrating film for me because there are some really great elements in it. Like, the Penguin is great and Catwoman is great, even, the, but then, like, her origin is stupid as hell. He pushes her out a window, and then some cats bite her, and then she's all obsessed with cats. And it's like, what? That is doesn't make any sense, and it's weird. Uh, and, you know, uh, we've been over it before, but it, it, I can still watch him and appreciate him, even though I'm not as in love with him anymore. It's funny that those are now campy compared to the, the real darkness of the Christian Bale ones. Yeah. Okay, uh, my turn again. Did comedy, did horror. I'm going to try and actually win a game this week as opposed to that garbage last week. Let's go with action. Action. And the winner is... You, sir, I believe won. Sudden death. Which, that has got to be a Jean-Claude Van Damme joint right there. Uh, I feel like that's the hockey one. They're in the hockey arena or something, and Van Damme's a... It's either the Hockey Arena Van Damme movie or it's the... Isn't there one of the uh, Dirty Harry movies called Sudden Death? Yeah, I didn't watch any... Well, no, I actually believe I saw Deadpool in the theater with my parents because why not take their young, young kid? <laughs> um, but uh, I did not see Sudden... That, you might be right. That there that might be a Clint Eastwood movie, but this was the Van Damme one. This It's uh, Cinemark, so that's Van Damme. Yeah, okay. So a little bit of Van Damme is there. Actually, I remember who I saw this one with. This was with Shannon Hirschberger. Oh, fun. Good times. But I believe that's the hockey one, and he's like a security guard or something. In the, in the end, a helicopter Nin- goes through the roof. Remember yeah, that? I remember that one. 95? Uh, yeah. Yep, that would be it. 
I think that was a pretty good movie. I mean, that's back when in his heyday. Yeah, I haven't seen it in so long. I couldn't tell. I mean, I also remember it to be fairly decent, but you know, Van Damme back then, it was, you put your Van Damage in a movie and then you just fill out the elements. Dead wife, dead kid, uh, used to be a cop. Now he's a security guard or now he's yep, a PI. Down his luck, but he has to, yeah. He has it's to fly his way ripoff. back. Yeah. Die hard in a hockey rink. Yep. <laughs> so you won that one. Well, one more for you. What do you okay. want? You got a um, chance to tie. Okay. Um, boy, I want to play it safe. Um, adventure. Oh, that could be risky. Really dig around here and see what I can find. All right. And the winner is... Oh, boy. This one's hard to... Uh, Huh. We might have to go to IMDb for a ruling on this one. This one's really faded. Wow. I gotta, like, tip it to get the glare off the ink. Lost in Space. Oh, that's science fiction. Um, But that definitely has an adventure quality oh, yeah. to it. Um, yeah, I mean... Okay, wait. So I I hop on IMDb, and it, the first thing that pops up is the actual show that's coming out here pretty soon. Which looks uh, sweet, by the way. Yes, it does. Uh, Lost... In space, 1998, Gary Oldman. Oh, action slash adventure slash family. Not even a mention of science fiction. I, I think I'm going to go half a point on it then, because that is an out-and-out out science fiction It movie. is, yes. And a not bad one, right? I mean, it wasn't too bad. Oh, that's pretty bad. Uh, have you watched it recently? It's been a while. Stephen Hopkins directed that. Wasn't he mummy guy? Or no? No. That was a different Stephen. Okay. But uh, it... I used to like it quite a bit, and then I didn't watch it for a long time, and then I watched it a couple years ago, and I was like, ugh. Again, it has a lot of really cool elements in it, but then it has some that are just terrible. And it has some great CGI in it with the spiders things, and then it has some just terrible CGI in it, where it it looks like PlayStation 1 graphics, you know? Yeah, 90s CGI. Right. And, you know, the Matt LeBlanc from Friends, and he's... Rough and tumble space guy, you know? It's like, Han Solo, uh, you are not. Yeah. Uh, the, the director, he made Predator 2 and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child. That's kind of cool. And Judgment Night. So he's got some movies. Still have never seen that movie. What, Judgment Night? Yeah. That's a pretty good movie. That's what everybody says, and I've just never got around yeah. to it. Again, I haven't seen that one since the theater days, but um, was that, was that Ice-T or Emilio Estevez? Or, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I think Estevez was in that one. Dennis Leary, I think, was in it. Yes. And there was a pretty cool soundtrack to that movie uh, as well. I actually remember the soundtrack more than the actual movie. <laughs> so, well, well great. Now sometime. I want to see if Ice-T is in that movie, because I, I feel like Ice-T <laughs> is in that movie. Not that it, I think, I'm pretty sure he was. Um, Man, I need to see that movie again. Cuba Gooding Jr., there we go. That's Jeremy Piven. Peter Green, Stephen Dorff, Dennis Lee. That's a pretty good cast there. Yeah, that's some pretty good B players. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Eugene Williams is in that. He stars as Buck. That's fitting. <laughs> Who? Buck. <laughs> I think that's a requirement for every Eugene in a movie. Either. Yes. You're either, you're either, your real name is Buck or your real name is Eugene. And yeah. The two shall never cross. Yeah, neither of which are good. <laughs> Oh, buck up. Okay, let's move on to <laughs> Recently Watched. Uh, and you get to go first. Okay. So, 
get my list out here. Yeah, we need to. We also need to continue our classiness that yes. we left off with last week. Yeah, as I hear you pouring your drink. Yep, uh, perfect. New segment, new drink. Um, I'm going to talk about Kingsman Gold Circles. Oh, I picked that up on Blu-ray. Uh, a two pack of uh, the first one that. and the second one. I saw that. I saw that two pack somewhere. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it was a good good price used. So picked it up because I really I know that you're not a fan of the first one or you eh. yeah. Um, I this is just me. I, I did really like the first one. I think that the second one is even better. I might be the only person that even thinks that, uh, but I absolutely loved this movie. I, I it was so just what I needed. Like lighthearted, funny. Very, very R-rated. Nothing overly serious. Tons of references to old-school James Bond movies, especially the Roger Moore era. Uh, I just... I had a great time with the movie. And maybe it was because I went in with such low expectations because the movie... Man, it seemed like it got lambasted by critics and... and, Did it? I just thought everybody was like, oh, it's all right. I didn't... didn't, But then again, I guess I didn't read up on it a lot. It just, it's like if you if you like the first one, then you will like this one, and I think that you should give this one a shot. I man, it was great. Uh, I liked the uh, the villain played by. Bear with me here, Julianne Moore. Uh, which she was. There was a there was a line in there where one of the uh, one of the characters says like what she's really like, and it was like oh you know like your typical. Uh, CEO, it was so funny how they worded it, and just like your typical, just the most evil person you can possibly, possibly think of. Um, <laughs> it was great how they worded it, and just zero empathy, but fake, fake nice, like overly friendly, but obviously not. And it, she played it so well. Uh, but man, this was a fun, fun movie. Um, I was planning sure. on checking it out at some point. I just, yeah. And I didn't hate the first one. I just thought it had some inconsistencies. So I'm curious, like, because that might lead me to see if I recommend this one to you or not. Like, what what exactly about the first one that you, were you like, eh? I thought some of the CGI was very fake looking, especially when they were flying into the mountain thing at the end. I thought it looked, like, really bad. Uh, I thought that that whole uh, spoiler at the very end, I'm the only person that thinks this, I guess, but... The you can if you rescue me you can fuck me in the ass. Oh thing. yeah, I didn't think that was very gentlemanly. Like the guy, the whole time he's preaching being a gentleman and and whatever. And yet he, he just goes and does that. I mean that's a border that's so rapey. I don't know. It just <laughs> ah, and, and I didn't have a problem with the act. It's just that so much. It's just that's not the character they've been grooming you to be this entire movie. Yeah. So it just felt like very out of place, but yeah, uh, I got whatever. I, I I like I I think I said before in the original review, if it had been a running joke throughout the movie, like him trying to get ass from his girlfriend and being denied, and then at the very end that and his face would light up like then it would kind of it would have a theme. But it was I don't know. It just was very out of left field. It was like, huh? Okay, that was very was, out of left field. I thought it was funny, but I see what I totally see what you're saying. There was there wasn't anything really like that in this. It was he was much more of like he is now a gentleman and he's like evolving as as a kingsman and man, did I, I mean I liked I liked the action I liked the 
the girl with the sword legs. I liked Samuel yeah. L. Jackson. I I liked pretty much everything else, but yeah, yeah. I was just I was just sort of like, yeah, that's all right. But I, I'm gonna much, give both. Uh, well, rewatch the first one, and then I want to check out the second one. Yeah, pretty much everything about this movie I thought was as good or better than the first one, and it's two hours and twenty minutes, and it wow. felt like it, it felt like it was ninety minutes. Like it it flew by. There was very few down times in the movie. It was just constant action or funny or references to old James Bond movies. Um, and I think, I think the CGI, there was like these robot dog kill, robot killer dogs in it. A couple parts in there, I'm like, oh, you're getting a little CGI-ish, like overtly CGI. And you're not Transformers where, you know, you have a bazillion dollars thrown at it. It seemed a bit C like I'm looking at CGI. Yeah. But otherwise thumbs up and they do this. They do the, you know, here's a classic song that they, you know, they incorporated into the action scene and it makes it cool. Um, it wasn't as annoying as like when they overdid it in Thor Ragnarok. That was a yeah. bit annoying. This one here, because the Kingsman team up with, uh, Kentucky bourbon, uh, <laughs> bourbon guys that are also Kingsmen kind of it's a big league of Kingsmen yeah. and they're you know they're good old boys and so there's some country music in here but the country music is kind of played for laughs and it, it works well but um I thoroughly liked it if it wouldn't be so R-rated like so very very gleefully R-rated my wife would love these because she loves spy James Bondy type things and this is spy James Bondy stuff here so check it out sometime it's a good movie well, it's hard for me to really bust anybody's balls about liking The Kingsman because it it, it basically is Fast and the Furious for spy movies. And you know how much I love that series, so what the hell? Uh, it would be... St I, I just bra was bra uh, loving on Triple X 3 here a couple weeks ago, so I, I'm, I couldn't shit on anybody for liking it, so... <laughs> yep. Okay. Sounds good. Good movie. Next up. Okay, um, and I'll get this one here out of the way. These are the kind of the big, bigger movies, and then we can focus on, I don't know, some of the more niche things. Uh, Coco. It's another one that I bought on Blu-ray. Coco. Uh, oh, wait. This Coco. is the Pixar Disney. Oh, that's out already? It is. It just came out, and, uh, it's always funny when some of these movies come out, like, within a week or two. Uh, it's almost like there's, like, people out there that will buy these, and then they'll use the digital code, or they'll, you know, maybe keep the DVD or whatever, and then they'll trade it in. And so uh, I got it for a, actually a really decent price on Blu-ray. <clears throat> and actually, my wife was there with me, and I was like, oh, Coco's there. And she's like, get that, please. Just look, it's a movie that we can both watch together. And so, I, you know, I'm on the fence on this one. Everybody seems to adore this movie, and I really, I liked it. I don't want to say really liked it, because I liked it. Um but maybe it's just because I feel like I've got the Pixar formula down pat so much at this point that it's like, here we go. We're going to go through all the same beats pretty much. And knowing that the end, you know, it's going to be a heart rendering, tear jerking ending, which makes it not tear jerking for me at all. And that's how this was. They did uh, very colorful movie, by the way. Um, and it is a very good movie. It's just, uh, I don't know. I'm like, I see. I totally saw where they were going with the story, and then they did. And I'm like, oh, here they are trying for the waterworks in the end. Meh. Yeah. Um, but the songs were cool. I love that they are um, they are 
going for other cultures, like, you know, Mexican culture and uh, mariachi type music. I think that's really, really cool. The songs were cool. It was a bit too long for me. Um, and it wasn't near as funny as some of the other Pixar movies. Uh, maybe it's just because it deals with a kid that is stuck in the land of the dead, trying to find his great-great-grandfather and reconnect with him and because he wants to be a musician. And his immediate family does not want him to be because of things that happened with his great-great-grandfather. Uh, and it... I don't know. It it felt... Uh, s- several times I'm like, I feel like I'm watching Avatar a little bit. Just with some of the colors, like it felt a bit Avatar-y, which is kind of oh. cool. Yeah, uh, but, all right. <clears throat> did you uh, watch I, that claymation samurai one then that i watched and loved so much yes i did that was a good movie okay. yeah that was, i actually uh, liked that one better than this okay i was just gonna say how does that compare because that one's kind of serious and not i mean it's got some jokes in it but it also has a lot of serious stuff and also looking for a grandfather yada, yada. yeah yeah uh but my wife agreed as well she was like boy that felt you know towards the end there are we both saw where what where, where it was heading and then it went there and i'm like it because i knew it was happening it like it, eh, all right, I get what you're trying to do. Now it's all the sad, you know, family stuff and whatever. And eh. But it was still good. It was good for, I'd say, one viewing, but I'm sure that I'll revisit it. Uh, I preferred Moana more. Have you seen Moana yet? I watched most of it, parts of it. Okay. I, I haven't seen the whole thing in one full sit down, but it seemed fine. The chicken was funny. Yes, yeah, and see this. It's like these Disney Pixar movies. They always have this one idiot goofball sidekick animal or whatever and like the funny chicken in Moana was way funnier than there was like a a completely ridiculous stupid dog in this one and it just <laughs> I'm like it, it didn't quite I'm like I get it you're the chicken from Moana but not quite as funny uh, Disney Pixar come for the colorful colors and the silly animal sidekick and stay for the tears stay for the tears yep <laughs> and I, I towards the end I'm like oh I see where you're going you're not gonna get me uh-uh nope <laughs> nope I'm gonna take another swig of my whiskey you're not gonna get the waterworks out of me no sir <laughs> stone-faced and think of evil horror I, movies Eugene I, think of evil horror <laughs> movies Eugene ah mission accomplished <laughs> My eyes were dry. (laughs) (laughs) I just wonder if, like, somebody from Disney Pixar is like, you know, I I have this one podcast that I listen to, and nobody listens to it. It's not well-known. It's real underground. It's called Movie Freaks. Oh, my God. They reviewed my movie. I can't wait to hear what they have to say about it. (laughs) And then it's that. (laughs) So I try and I try and think about horror movie shit so that your your sappy cartoon movie doesn't make my eyes come. <laughs> but sometimes that doesn't work, and yeah, I, I have a complete eye orgasm. <laughs> Not this time, folks. <laughs> but but you put on put on Moana as she starts to sing a da 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 find me and oh <laughs> crying. It's such a great song, and she's on her own off in the water. The chicken is. Barking out there with her and the rock, and it is I'm funny crying. that you mentioned that. I'm thinking Tangled had the horse. Yep, there, there was a, a horse the, deer thing in uh, in Frozen. Yeah, and Frozen had Olaf. I mean, Fro- Frozen had a double decker of. Well, but of that wasn't an animal. Character. That's a snowman. Yeah, well, kind of, but oh, <laughs> snow snowman are people too. <laughs> <laughs> Speciest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Speciest. <laughs> 
But seriously, go back through. I mean, now, I think that Incredibles is a bit different from that, but there's so many of these movies that you have the goofy sidekick character that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. I don't think the dog really worked in this one, but but boy, Moana, that chicken, woof, that, <laughs> that got me. Oh, I like that too. It, yeah, well, again, I was going to say uh, Finding Nemo, but I guess that's entirely animals. But I was I was thinking about the pigeons or whatever. Mine, mine, mine. It was to the chicken. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> that was stupid. Okay. Are you <laughs> yes, ready? It was. Please, please take us to somewhere smart now. Well, I don't know about all that because while I was trying to catch up with, I'm going to review four movies this round. Wow. Because okay. I was trying to catch up with you on your Kurosawa run, and so I would watch a Kurosawa film, and then after that I was like, okay, I don't want to get burned out. So I need to reset the palette, and so I would immediately watch a shitty something VHS. <laughs> and Perfect. that is quite the palette cleanser. That's both ends of the spectrum of cinema, and then I was ready for another Kurosawa the next day. So I that's started like, off that's with... That's taking one in the front and one in the rear there. Yeah. God, no, it was great. It was great. Double headers. It was awesome. <laughs> uh, I started off... Since you already watched Throne of Blood, I wanted to start off with Throne of Blood. So I went and rewatched Throne of Blood, and I've only watched this one... I might have only watched this one once. Uh, but uh, it was great. I, it's, I'm, I was a little surprised watching it that you enjoyed it as much as you did because it is kind of slow, uh, in parts, but I, I echo everything else you said. And it's all stuff that I've said the first time I watched it, which is like, wow, how did he shoot that with the fog? And how mm-hmm. did he, you know, these guys riding around on horses so crazy through the woods, how did you shoot that? I don't know. I'm just amazed by the technical aspects of it. Plus, it's a great film, and it's sometimes maddening, because there are some characters that you hate so much, like the wife. Yeah, I hated Ugh. her so much. It's but just she like, was you great. Awful, awful wench. Like, you're so terrible and devious, but can't you see you are rushing towards your destiny, is what I wanted to scream at the TV, but it is what it is. And then that ending, where I completely forgot about. That was and great, wasn't it? I the wood, woods rising up to attack. I was like, what is happening? This is awesome. So, uh, thumbs up on Throne of Blood for sure. And I followed that one up with, boy, I don't think I have them in order here. I have to, let me check my other. What did I follow Throne of Blood up with? Oh, okay. This wasn't a VHS, but I flipped over to the free TV on the Roku thing. And Lara Croft Tomb Raider was on, the first one with Angelina Jolie. And so I kind of watched that in the background. Okay. It's a shit show. I haven't seen that movie in years, and it's way worse than I remember it. It was, wow, is it bad. So I, my expectations for the new one that just came out went up quite a bit, even though I think the trailer gives away the entire movie. Uh, yeah, that old one did not hold up very well at all. It was just the, all the wrong kinds of corny and cheesy from that 90s. Very late. Was it 90s when that came out? I believe so, yeah. Late 90s, early aughts. It's just, ugh. And maybe time will shine brighter on that era, but as it is now, I mean, shitty CGI and... No thanks. Okay. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on those. Next up, Hidden Fortress. I was really looking forward to rewatching this one because this one is in my... Mind, it was only second to Seven Samurai. Like, I really liked this movie. So I was looking forward to checking it out and see how it held up. And I will say, that uh, too, with Seven Samurai that I watched, both that and Throne of Blood, the transfers were about the same. 
they're okay and fine for the early DVD, but nothing to yeah. brag about by any stretch. Hidden Fortress, though, that DVD looks really pretty damn good for a DVD. Let's put it that way. I know it's not Blu-ray quality, but it looks pretty damn good for DVD. Was that You have the criterion of that, correct? Yes, all of okay. these. Okay. I'm happy to say that this movie holds up in spades. I Watching it, all these movies in such close proximity, it makes me really examine where I put in what order I put them. And I am still going to keep it a smidge below Seven Samurai because that movie can just hit me in the feels and I can watch a three and a half hour movie in one sitting because it's that good. That says something to the epic nature of it. So I'm going to keep Hidden Fortress in second place. But man, it's right there knocking on the door. It might even get the same score. I loved it. And Toshiro, how is that his name? Mifuni. That scene where he they get discovered by the guard, and he has to go chasing after them on horseback while he's holding his sword up like this, and just... Mm-hmm. That scene is so amazing. I like that. Just amazing action. And then he runs into the camp and has to fight the guy. You know, like, the sense of honor between the two competing generals. I loved I, I loved that. it. I absolutely love that. And then it, it comes full circle in the end. In, in just the best possible way. Uh... If I had a complaint about it, I would say that the two bumbling idiots, they are bumbling idiots, and it gets almost excessive. When you get to about the third act, they make some decisions where it's like, you damn idiots, why can you not follow one freaking instruction? It's like when I'm screaming at my kids. <laughs> it's like you go, I'm walking the room, and go, quit touching the curtain, just quit, okay? And then you turn your back, and they're like, touch, 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 like, what are you doing? Just stop, damn it. Yeah, they were definitely and, the comic relief of the movie. Yeah, but it almost went too far to where it's like, I almost now I almost just want you to die because yeah. you're such idiots. But in the end, it was it all worked itself out. It did, it was okay. yep. I and, was going to say, it all works out in the end with how everything plays out. Uh, real quick, your thoughts while we're on it, just on Hidden Fortress. I loved it. I loved it. I liked this one better than Seven Samurai. Again, I, I, I've only watched these movies once. It will be interesting when I revisit them how I how I fall in line. But right now, it's uh, Throne of Blood and Hidden Fortress are like neck and neck. I might give Hidden Fortress the edge just because of there's more action in this and there's more comedy in this. Although I I love the horror aspect of Throne of Blood, but I mean, we're talking splitting hairs at this point. Like, Seven Samurai, Hidden Fortress, Throne of Blood are all, if not four stars, right, knocking on the four star. I mean, I looked through what I, and as soon as I watched the movie, I write down my score, and I, I gave this four stars. Uh, over two hours, never bored. Uh, once again, I, his cinematography is so good, and just how epic he makes these movies feel. There's so much going on in the woods or just outside, and for some reason it just, it makes, it transports me to this mythical ancient Japan uh, that new movies just can't do like this. And I mean, maybe that's some of the credit to uh, non-CGI and like old school black and white, maybe. I don't know. But just mm-hmm. everything that's on screen is literally, it's on screen. And it just feels dangerous, a lot more dangerous. And I, I so appreciate that. Uh, you know, Gladiator is fine. I love Gladiator, but when you see these massive armies, it's like, well, that's great. That's a lot of CGI. But with this, when there's a mass of bodies on screen that are fighting each other, it's like, <laughs> which one of those guys got really hurt or got killed? Because boy, that's dangerous. What's going on on screen right now? Yeah, really. <clears throat> uh, but 
you know, the, the longer runtime does get you more invested in the characters, especially with like Seven Samurai, but it's, it's this way as well in Hidden Fortress. You really get invested in all the characters, uh, which is great. I like that. I mean, some of these older movies, like, for me, it would be like, oh, let's keep it short because I'm not a huge old, old, old movie fan. But for movies like this that are so well made and that literally transport me to this era, I I'm, I eat that up. I These are great movies, man. I'm thoroughly impressed. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I also have a lot of fun with these three while I was watching them here, here in the last two weeks is because I, I started with Seven Samurai and that's the one that I know the, the most. I've watched the most. And I'm, I'm familiar with those actors the most. And then I go to these movies and I'm picking out, oh, that's that actor from Seven Samurai and mm-hmm. that's that actor from Seven Samurai. And oh, oh, they're playing that role. Okay. That, that, he was a villager in the last one. He's now one of the clowns in Hidden Fortress. Uh, I like the Hidden Fortress was a, the two idiots was a team up of one of the samurai from Seven Samurai and one of the villagers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I loved seeing Mifune not be the Joker. Like he was the Joker in, uh, Seven Samurai, and now in Hidden Fortress, he is an upstanding general. Which with, I with, think that he plays even better as that, because he looks like such a badass that he, I, I see him more as a, a well-mannered hero type guy that's out to do the right thing, you know? Yeah, and he plays that role great, but that's just, that's how, I mean, good of an actor he is that he can play that, pull off that Joker role too. Yeah. Okay, anything else for Hidden Fortress? Uh, nope, I'll have one more, and which will I'll hit. I'll get to it on my round, but I've got one more uh, Kurosawa movie to review. Okay, well, you can do that next, right after I review the VHS copy of a movie I've never watched, but I've passed many times on the video store, and I heard people say that it sucks, and I've seen movies where they make jokes about it, and I've never watched it, but I should because it's Charlie Sheen and Michael Bain in Navy SEALs. You've never seen Navy SEALs. I've never seen Navy SEALs. Ooh. Well, I bought that VHS and I watched it. And it's a thing that exists on yes, my VHS From shelf, the 80s. So. Back to you! <laughs> <laughs> Just a palate cleanser. But if there's ever a VHS that fits, or, you know, a movie that fits that category of what I like in a VHS action, I'm going to watch you once and put you on the shelf for 10 years. There it is, Navy yeah. SEALs. Yeah, I always <laughs> thought that that movie was better than it actually is. I've seen it twice and uh, actually I believe I bought the Blu-ray. It's a cheap Blu-ray. I bought it back when it came out like, yes, Navy SEALs is now on (laughs) Blu-ray. But that means you've seen it recently. Oh, well, Blu-ray's been around since 2007. So I watched it when it came out and I don't own that anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm like, ooh, I'll never watch this again. However, I'm due for another rewatch, so I'm probably going to have to find that used on Blu-ray again. <laughs> Honestly, there I, I, I was a fair amount of comparisons I could have made to Top Gun with that movie. Like, just of the cheesiness and... I, yeah, let's do it! Guns and... Ah, Double high five! Uh, yeah, another thing I noticed, too. Do you remember a movie called Free Jack? Emilio yes. Estevez. Yeah. Do you remember in that movie, he is uh, riding in the back of a convertible and they're getting chased by somebody. I don't remember much about it, but I remember this scene. And they go over a bridge, a big bridge, and he jumps off out of the car off the side. And I thought, huh, that's interesting because this movie has Charlie Sheen riding in the back of a Jeep. And just for a prank, when they go over a bridge, I remember he that jumps part. out of the scene. He jumps out of the friggin' car into the... Uh, that's two Sheens that have done that scene. 
I don't know. Hey, there you go. I don't. Yeah. You deal with that knowledge. Okay, I'll, <laughs> I'll take that and rub it all over my hairy body. Um, <laughs> the sheens. The or, sheens. Yeah, sheen. Okay, let's get Yojimbo done. So I watched Yojimbo, uh, and I still have uh, Senjuro to watch, but. After Yojimbo, uh, Yo I'm gonna have to take a small break from the Kurosawa. That was a definite step down for me, and one of the main reasons is because we are now no longer in the forest and trampsing around, you know, going on this big adventure. Now it is a self-contained in a small, very dirty village, a samurai that is playing favorites against these two warring factions in this town. Uh, Oh, I, this is the one that they uh, remade with Bruce Willis, isn't it? Correct, yes. Last Man, last man uh, okay. Standing. All right. And uh, The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, I believe. Or yeah, one of the, yeah, yeah. One of the Dollars movies was this, too. It's okay. The acting is good, but it was hard to keep everybody... It was hard for me to keep who's who in this movie because it's there's so much talking and there's so much allegiance has turned and then this happens and this happens. This is by far the most violent movie that I've seen from... Kurosawa. Really? Uh, there's, oh, there's actually like, I'm like, oh, there's some actual like very obvious bloodshed going on in this movie. Uh, but it, it's good for what it is, but I was so used to the, the other ones that the big classic movies that this was, maybe I should have started with this one first, I guess. Uh, it, I'll watch it again sometime, but not, probably not in conjunction with the other movies because it just, it pales in comparison to those. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I still need to check it out. I haven't seen it. You should. It, it, it's still a good movie, well acted. But I, I really missed the, the adventure in the in the woods and the wilderness and whatever. Instead of just this dirty town where no one is nice, everybody is kind of a scumbag. And after a while, I'm like, oh, come on. And it, it was long for what it was. But with all those gripes aside, it's still a very well made movie, and I would recommend it to fans of this type of film. Man, that Hidden Fortress was so damn good. Oh, yeah. I've, I've been thinking about it ever since I watched it. So I've rewatched it. So great. I know what you're talking about, though. And it sounds like you're getting a little more of the drama Kurosawa mixed in here. And that's the flavor. It's yeah. going to be slow. And, and It was, yeah. yeah. Now, to wrap up the Kurosawa talk, at least for the time being, uh question I had with Throne of Blood, Hidden Fortress, Seven Samurai. The next time you come around to watching those, do you think that you'll um, watch those with your wife? Do you think she would like those? I guess I should say. I would. I would watch Hidden Fortress with her. She. She won't. Uh, definitely won't like Throne of Blood. No way. Uh, Seven Samurai, maybe, but we would have to definitely break that up into. We would yeah. definitely have to break that up into several nights. But Hidden Fortress would be the most accessible for her. Which is what I said when we started yeah. this whole thing. Yeah. yeah. More of an adventure, lighthearted, but still has some good action beats, some funny parts, has a good ending. Um, I loved the gold in the in the sticks. That was so brilliant. <laughs> I just loved how he kept messing with them. I, oh like, yeah, he just walks up to their fire and just kind of sits down, and they're both like, ah, ah. "Yeah, like how are we going to get away from this guy or talk our way out of keeping?" Yeah, the... yeah. we're gonna die. We're gonna die. It's the end. <laughs> so good. So good. Yep. Okay. Next for you. Keep okay. Going. Um. Take a swig on my handy-dandy flask. And start talking about Angel Heart from 1987. 
Ah, I rewatched this one, huh? Starring Mickey Rourke, Robert De Niro, Lisa Bonet, and directed by the great Alan Parker. Yes, I, I'm not quite sure what made me want to rewatch this one, but I was just going through my Blu-rays and that one seemed to pop out. I'm like, you know, that's an older Blu-ray. I have not watched that in many, many years. So let's give that one another go. And I, it was the, it was the game last week. Cause I picked that during the game last week. That's that exactly was what, I, what it was. <laughs> Good times. Wow. Okay. Well, so Angel Heart. <laughs> Mystery solved. Mystery solved. Because I, I seriously, like, my, my brain must be just <laughs> tilt, smoke pouring out my ears. It's just jello to be absorbing everything that I spew at it. Yeah. And, and like a day later, I'm like, I should watch Angel Heart. I, I wonder why. I haven't thought of that in 20 years. Or last night. <laughs> um, so, uh, have you you've obviously watched Angel Heart, right? Yes, I have it on DVD. Okay, it, that's about a DVD level movie for me. I, I don't. Okay. Need to um, it. This is a great example of an '80s movie that uh, that feels like it could have been made like now, uh, especially especially because of the time that it was set and the way it was filmed. Uh, I love those movies that are almost timeless. Uh, because this is set in the 50s and it feels like you're watching a movie in the 50s or like it was set in the 50s. And I actually, I liked this movie. I love this movie, actually. Uh, there was a, uh, an interview with the director, with Alan Parker, and he actually explains a little bit about the making of the movie and how he, he wanted to set this in the 50s, uh, early 50s versus the book that was set in the, I think the very late 50s. And he said that it was almost like, um, Late 50s were becoming the hippie era, but the early 50s were still a part of the 40s almost. Like, so you're still in that gumshoe type, you know, the right. really old cars, uh, you know, that, that style. And it's, to- it totally works, totally works. And he also said, uh, it was interesting. He talked about how the movie is obviously in color, but he went with the mindset of this would look cool as a black and white movie. And it totally, totally would. Um, and it made me appreciate the movie all the more. The the acting in this movie, say what you will about Mickey Rourke. He's had his ups and downs, but uh, I'm hard-pressed to think of a movie that I liked him better than in this movie. Uh, Sin City would be really close, but he was so good as um, as the uh, – I don't want to spoil anything if you haven't seen the movie. He's as, a private as, eye, wasn't he? He's a yeah, private eye, hairy angel. Hmm. And uh, Drew Robert De Niro's character sets him on this mission to locate uh, Johnny Handsome. Or, or Johnny Favorite. Whatever you want to call him. It doesn't matter. Johnny Favorite. Johnny Handsome. Johnny Johnny Penis. Johnny yeah, Handsome Favorite Johnny penis. Longbone. With <laughs> corn. Green peppers. Okay. <laughs> Your little Mr. Science Theater throwback. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, Beef McLarge Huge. <laughs> <laughs> or no, it was Beef McMan Slab. <laughs> They're all, they all work. <laughs> it stinks. Uh, <laughs> so Lisa Bonet, the, obviously the the scene of the movie, if you don't remember, is the sex scene between Mickey Rourke and Lisa Bonet, which I forgot just how incredibly graphic that scene is. And this movie, when this came out, I was old enough to remember when this movie came out, and she was a big star on Cosby Show. And this was a 
big, big black mark on her resume. And people were really, really upset that she is in this movie. She was 19 when she made the movie. And she plays a 17-year-old in the movie. She goes out of her way to say, I'm 17. Like, mm-hmm. wow, okay. And here's Mickey Rourke all over. And, oh, that scene was so hardcore. And it still is like, I'm like, oh, man, this is... I'm uncomfortable watching this. <laughs> it um, is hardcore, but when you said the scene in the movie, that's not the one that popped to my mind. Oh, really? I mean, I I think of that as like one of the three or four scenes in the movie, but that wasn't the first one that popped to my mind. And I like I still really enjoy the movie, and I mean, my complaints about it are nitpicky. I'm gonna admit that right up front, so nobody give me crap about it. But my my biggest complaint about the movie is, uh, I love the ending and the reveal. But I feel like that should have been longer. Like, it shouldn't have been... It feels like so quick at the end. It's like, oh, you want to find out what's finally going on? And, yeah. you know, it, boom, 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 credits. And it's yeah. like, uh, it and that, that could, should have... You could have made that the whole third act, kind yeah. of. You know, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I see your point. Uh, because upon rewatch, uh, we're watching the movie... It also does work as a, oh, this is what's going on. And then we get a very, very creepy last second shot of a child and then roll credits to an elevator going down. And with knowing what went on, I'm like, oh, that is very, very impactful and creepy. Yeah. However, I do completely see your point because we're talking like last four minutes of the movie. Five minutes? Yeah. Yeah, It's over. Here's what's happening and roll credits, which... <clears throat> I could go both ways on that, but that is a good movie. And Robert De Niro was so creepy in this. Like, Peter Stormare is a really good villain like that. Al Pacino is a really good villain like that. I'm yeah, kind of you know, say, don't forget Al Pacino. <laughs> um, but Robert De Niro hangs with the best of them. Mm-hmm. So if you have not seen the movie, I strongly urge you to watch it. There is two versions the R-rated theatrical cut and the unrated version. The unrated version is only seconds longer, but it's it's the scene. And wow, watching it, I'm like, I can totally see why this is this was edited. This is nasty. Wow. I, I don't know if I have the uh, theatrical or director's cut or unrated cut. Whatever. Yeah, the unrated cut is about ten seconds longer than that. And when you're watching something that awful, like ten seconds can actually add a lot of time <laughs> when you're watching something. That's that thrusty. <laughs> well, it is the it's the end that I always think of first, and then it's the sex scene is second, and then third is that there's that one scene where he's stumbling around down in Louisiana. Oh, and the, the voodoo and scene, yeah, and she's no, 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 no. Oh. It, for you, it's the voodoo scene. For me, it's the pot, the giant cauldron where they're stirring up this giant batch oh, of gumbo. Gumbo, and I'm like. I want some gumbo. But yeah. I think about that every time. I, that's the three things I associate with that movie. <laughs> yeah. It is the epitome of a great slow burn movie to where every little bit that you get fed throughout the movie that makes it more and more sinister and become more and more of a horror movie. Um, it just makes it feel so much more impactful versus the loud jump scare stuff. It just it feels so incredibly evil. Like by the time the movie ends, it's like, wow, this is this was a really, really evil movie uh well that's i mean for you and i i think that's what makes a a movie a slow burn a success is you gotta have the payoff and that movie has the payoff yes it does Uh, it it's just i would like to revel in it a little longer like maybe have the reveal at the 15 minute remaining mark and then have him trying to i'm choosing my words carefully yeah 
the character trying to escape the fate a little longer, yeah. just to drag it out a little bit more before the elevator. Yeah. Uh, when, you know, the final conclusion of inevitability. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But it's just because we want to revel in that little bit of evilness anyway. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Evil freaks. <laughs> Uh, so um, we're uh, as usual. It's that time for me to say goodnight to the kids. So oh, we can just pause. It's okay, yeah, you'll probably hear me come back meowing like a cat or barking like a dog. Oh or, yeah, yeah, that was great. I'm neighing sure. like a horse or something. You'll, you'll oh, probably nude, nude, oh, just wander in with yeah. And I ate curry earlier tonight, so I can just imagine what my nose oh. is going to smell when I walk in here in about five minutes. So <laughs> stay tuned, dear listeners. You'll find out soon enough. Oh boy! And there he goes. I mean, I suppose I could review something that he wouldn't care about. At least could entertain the audience, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I've kind of got this nice little backlog of recently watched that I've been hoarding for months. Just so that I can... It gives me time to play video games. That way I still have movies to talk about with y'all. Y'all! Mention one movie in Louisiana and I got a southern accent. Hmm. How's it going? Oh, so I go up to say goodnight and daddy tell me a story. So I start telling a story and then they both run to their animals and they smash their heads into each other and just yep. bawling and crying. And I'm like, fucking stories before bed. Okay. <laughs> hey, and they won't let anybody tell them a story but me. Oh, Mine. yeah, yeah. I mean, and it was hard enough where you heard it smack. You heard yeah. the head smack. And oh. so it was like that three second of... Here we go. Yep, and my kids have inherited my head. I have a giant fucking head. So those two are, they're almost like bobbleheads. And they bang together, it's like, every time. Oh yeah, tears, and oh, I mean, and Lucas, of course, was in the forehead. Uh, Hudson was on top, so the on top of the head, Hudson will recover pretty quick. The forehead one, though, good times. <laughs> oh, my kids get giant, huge golf ball-sized goose eggs on their <sighs> okay, here's where we're at. We've both reviewed four movies, so I think you should have a round, and I'll have a round, and then we'll be good, maybe? Or yeah. we can do another round, whatever. You, you no, do a I couple, like that. You like do a that. couple, I do a couple, and we'll be good. Yep. Oh, is it? Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, here we fucking go. <laughs> you missed the part where I said, you do a couple. Who got hit on the head again? Was it uh, was it Eugene going for the Oh, yeah. All animal? three of us just went in and it just was three stooges. Yeah. <laughs> Coconuts. Uh, okay. Um. Okay. So this is my last round. Is that? If yeah. you want it to be, do a couple. Do whatever okay. you want to do. Okay, so yeah. I'll do a couple movies here. Starting off with a actually, I, I ordered from uh, Ronin Flicks, who that's Scorpion slash Code Red site. I they were doing a sale, which you know me, I gotta get my Code Red stuff and my Scorpion stuff. Uh, which uh, any sale on their stuff, and I'm gimme gimme gimme. So I got some movies that I've been wanting to see for a while. And these are actually movies that I remember on VHS, but I never were, was able to see. Uh, and then they were released on these labels, which are 
incredibly expensive. So I'm like, I don't know if I want to take the risk on those right now until they go on sale, which they did. So the first one is a movie called Twisted Nightmare. And I would bet uh, if you, well, I'm a, I mean, I used to work at a video store. So, I mean, I remember these VHS covers and this is one that the cover looked so bad that I never watched it, but it was a staple of VHS rental stores. Uh, Twisted Nightmare from 1987 and it's a slasher movie. And it plays out like every other bottom-of-the-barrel slasher movie from that era. It is a rip-off of Friday the 13th, Halloween, Nightmare on Elm Street, all of those. But on a obviously very low budget. Some of these work, and then some of them are just terrible. And this one here works for what it is. Uh, it, it follows all of the all of the things that make these movies enjoyable. Uh, although on a lesser level with something like this, uh, you got the big hair, you got the guys in way too short shorts and the, uh, white, the white socks pulled way up to the ankles, which that's kind of cool. I was going to say, uh, you're listing all these things and I'm not sure if this falls under the works category or the fails category. <laughs> oh, it works. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't recognize the cover of this movie. Okay. Well, it's. Yeah, it's, yeah. there's of course a reason that the guy is killing or it's like, oh, here's the backstory, here's the twist, whatever. But it's, it, it, there's enough kills in it that like, yep, I like that. That's cool. I like that. Nope. The bad, the acting is awful. Uh, but that makes it kind of cool. Um, <laughs> the, uh, I, love, I love how you, you list negatives and then you put them in the good category. Oh yes. <laughs> well, and also one of the reasons I actually held off buying this one for so long is some of the reviews were saying that, uh, the movie has cleaned up as good as it could be, but it's still so incredibly dark, and that's just the way it was filmed, that you can really not see what's going on, but the Blu-ray at least improves upon an almost unwatchable VHS. So that actually had me holding off on buying it because of that, but I watched it, and I'm like, yeah, there are a lot of dark scenes, but I was able to follow it better than uh, something like Humongous. Uh, I'm not sure if I reviewed Humongous or not. I'm sure I did. I On our show. It's another slasher movie, but um, I, yeah, I, Humongous was way too dark. I'm like, what is going on? I can't even see. This is a Blu-ray release and a remastered one at that, and I can, can't tell what's going on. Twisted Nightmare is similar to that where you can tell they, they didn't know how to light a scene. But there was enough to get by, and there was enough. But they nailed the big hair. So. Oh, they nailed the big hair, and they <laughs> nailed the... Very tight shorts in the 80s, not good music. Uh, some of it's good, but some of it's not so good, and you get mostly not good in this. Um, what else? Nudity, yes. Yep, um, check. Sex, and then they die. Sex, yep, there's no head bonking in this, though, unfortunately. Oh, Crispin so. Glover dancing. Oh, I wish. That, oh, immediate, immediate two, that's a two-star uh, lead Bonk. on any on any Crispin Glover weird dance immediately elevates any one of these things. <laughs> so unfortunately, he's not in it. But but we do have a character uh, named Brad. Oh wait, no, yeah, Brad. Uh, what am I even? Anyway, Eugene Buckhard. Yeah, <laughs> Cleve Hall. Oh wait a minute, that's the actual actor's name is Cleve Hall, I guess. I thought, okay. Uh, wow. Ah, way too much time on Twisted Nightmare. Okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, there's, t- there's two more of uh, the Code Red uh, Scorpion Go movies. Go for it. Do whatever okay. you want. Uh, next up is uh, Deadly Dreams. I'm seeing 
a pattern. Deadly Dreams, Twisted Nightmare. Oh, wait till you hear the next title after this one. Uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street or Bad Dreams? It's one of the two. <laughs> Close, maybe. You'll see. Uh, Deadly Dreams, this is another cover that I instantly recognized from the VHS days. It couldn't be this cool, could it? Oh, yes. This is a good one. This is a Roger Corman produced movie. So, ah. which, which I'm like, oh, that's why the movie is an hour and 19 minutes, which I'm sure is going to have 10 minutes of end credits or something like that. Mm, that changes the grading perfect. scale entirely. Yeah, perfect. Because this one here is definitely more competent than Twisted Nightmare. I actually quite enjoyed the storyline of this and the behind the scenes stuff with the director. Uh, it's a lady actually directed this movie, Kristen Peterson. She's actually made a bunch of like smaller budget Roger Corman type movies. Um, it was very interesting to hear her talk about the school of Roger Corman and how that all went down. So if a movie was done on a certain number of days at a certain budget and it did good, well, then you're going to get less because if they could do it for $500,000 on 16 days, you're going to do it for 300,000 on nine days. And he would keep doing that until it would not work. And then he'd be like, all right, I'll give you more money. Yeah. And uh, that's so fascinating, but she, and uh, so many of these directors do say how that made them so much more creative. Like, how do we, how can we utilize the money that we have to make a good movie? We don't have much money and we don't have much time. So what can we do to make this good? Um, and of, of course that runtime is total Roger Corman runtime and it, it totally works for this movie in its favor because there's hardly any downtime. It's a horror thriller. There's enough horror elements that I'm going to put it in the horror category, but it is, uh, it does have a lot more thriller aspects to it, I guess. But this is this is a gem of an '80s movie. I think that you would probably enjoy this one. It's not quite slasher, uh, not quite. It's just kind of this mishmash of Corman ideas, and let's throw some some gore in here. Let's throw a little bit of nudity, and let's have a kind of a cool twist at the end, and some hammy acting, and call it a day. Hey, and with it, Roger Corman and that runtime, please. Throw that on my October list. Yeah, I, I cannot imagine that you would not get a kick out of this movie for what it is. I just these I just get the biggest kick out of these movies. Especially, I didn't know at first that this was a Roger Corman produced movie, and then when I found that out, and then the the director, like she's a very well spoken lady. Just hearing her talk about her experience on the movie, and then what she went on to do after that, and it was I'm like it made me appreciate the movie even more, knowing the constraints that they were under. And she was like, I had to cut certain things out of the movie because. I didn't have the time or the money, to, but I'm like, yeah, you know what? Sorry, but that actually works in the movie's favor. So kudos to Corman for doing that because your movie's not boring and your movie has enough campy, uh, schlocky, you know, stuff in it that it makes it good. It's fun. Right. So I got you. <clears throat> anyway. It's Corman in a nutshell. It is. And last but not least is Scream, but not the Wes Craven movie. I'm going to need a year on that, though. Oh, 1980, I think. Oh, let's try and find it. It's one of those where you do a search on IMDb and, like, a whole 12, bunch of titles yeah. call, called Scream come up, but you have to really scroll down to find the actual one I'm talking about. There it is, 1981, Scream. Um, the cover on IMDb is not the cover of the Blu-ray. The cover of the Blu-ray is this hand holding a sickle. Um, this should work, but, dear God, does it ever not work for... Various reasons. I still kind of liked it. Um, I was going to say, what was the least then? You said last but not least. If this was not the least, what was the least? Well, this movie, well, this movie is, is, is pretty bad. 
Okay, uh, this is least. This last is least. Yeah. and least. Yeah, you would. I think we got to hate. Yeah, you, you got to oh. hate this. You got to hate this movie. I. <laughs> I'm As telling you, already, sir. You already said you you liked it. So, yeah. but well, here's, yeah, I'm here's, still putting it down as last and least. Yeah. Um. So it's an hour and twenty two minutes. It feels like about three hours. Uh, <laughs> Go on. Byron Quisenberry directed it. His one and only directing gig. Which, yep. So, uh, friends on a rafting trip end up at this town that's deserted, and there's a lot of them, too. A lot of people. So, at the beginning, I'm like, ho-ho, high body count. This movie's only an hour and 22 minutes. We're going to get, like, a kill every five minutes. Or almost none, and just bad actors walking around town. Uh, Every now and then, a hand comes in the frame to maybe kill someone. Uh, and then, I mean, we're talking like maybe three packets of McDonald's ketchup was used for the effects in this movie. Which, well, which was... Now, to be, be fair, was there screams? Oh, I think there was. I think. Uh, well, then the movie delivered on the bill of yeah. goods it promised. Yes. it. Yeah, it did. Something about a, maybe an army general, I think, ghost... Maybe. By the way, it's never explained what's going on. Someone's killing, something is killing off these people, a few of them at least. Uh, dirt bike riders show up for some dumb reason. So I just random two guys on dirt bikes. Well, we'll help you. One of them dies. Um, <laughs> lots of arguing, arguing and complaining and just a couple beer drinking scenes. And, uh, and then it ends with uh, Johnny Longbone rattling something stupid off about, well, in the army and I'm a ghost, maybe. I, but, but I'm like, eh, it had some good atmosphere. <laughs> so it'll stay on the shelf. I actually gave it, what did I, oh, two stars. Oh, I should change that. That movie was awful, but yeah, gone. <laughs> I, I don't bother changing it because you know you're going to watch it again and within a year, and it's going to get bumped up at least a full star. Probably. I, there's yeah. something about it, though, that it's like I really like the atmosphere and the quirky weirdness of nothing happening. <laughs> 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 no, you just like that it's set in the 80s. Yeah. And it feels 80s, and it reminds you of. Yeah. Those better movies. things, yeah, because yeah. it does. It it totally has the early '80s down pat, but dag on, nothing happens. Wow, I mean, <laughs> I mean, a lot of nothing happens. <clears throat> so, anyway, there's my there's my menage a trois of Code Red Scorpion. Back to you. I'm done. We're not French. Okay, I got two more, <laughs> and we'll wrap this up. A couple more VHS that I want to get checked off the list, and. I'm going to really try and try to stay awake for this next review. Okay. Because it involves sports a little bit, but, uh, field of dreams VHS. I have not watched since I rented it at Dutch cupboard and I came across the VHS and I picked it up. Now we're getting into backlog. These are things I watched months ago, but I did want to talk about them at some point because having this giant backlog has given me time to play video games. <clears throat> Gotcha. Uh, Field of Dreams. So I haven't seen it in that long. So I wondered how it would hold up and worth a VHS. Cause I'm not, I mean, I'm into some sports, but you hate all sports. So I, I'm by comparison, I'm 10% sports fan. Dude, I used to like wrestling. Come on. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, especially baseball. I'm, yeah. Man, that's the only thing less than that is basketball uh, for me, but I, it's been so long so that I, I, I wondered how I would, uh, 
how this rewatch would be. And man, I'm happy to say that this is a damn good movie. I mean, and, and the sports aspect of it is kind of like so secondary to what's going on that I think you would even like this movie. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have not. I, I think you might, I think you'd like it. I, I really do. I think, or at least I think you'd appreciate it. Obviously baseball, I say it's secondary, but it's front, it's front of the movie, but it's not like the movie is about baseball. It's more about father-son relationships. Okay. Uh, and the baseball is just kind of a a background to it. Now, now I've called it background, secondary, and front and center, so fuck <laughs> everything that I say. But people that have seen the movie will understand what I'm trying to get across here. Yes, it does deal with him building a field, and it has to do with their bonding over baseball, but you don't have to be into baseball to like this at all. Because I'm not into baseball, and it, I can appreciate what is going on on the screen. Great performances by Ray Liotta and uh, Darth Vader. Uh, oh, James Earl Jones is in it. Yes, yes, nice. And Kevin Costner is great as well. It's it's a excellent film. Um, will I be buying it on Blu-ray? No, it's not one that I'm also going to you know be watching a whole bunch. But I've got that VHS with that classic cover, and that's all I need of it. And lastly, and I've teased this one before, <clears throat> Conan the Barbarian I rewatched on VHS. And it's a little the tr- crackly. My tape is acceptable enough for me to watch, but also I recognize that it's rough. But I had enough nostalgia watching that VHS over the years that I was able to watch it again like I was 12 years old. And, you know, that's the way I, I have always watched it. So it was enjoyable watching it in that way. Interesting takeaway this time, and I want to see uh, what you think about this. The sword. Conan's sword. Do you remember where he gets his sword once he's been released from slavery? Oh, uh, yeah, and that uh, the, the little tomb thing. The weird cave where there's the skeleton king sitting. Yeah. And he grabs the sword, and he knocks the rust off it, and it's a fucking badass sword. I love that sword. Now, here's something I didn't, I've never noticed before in all the many, 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 many times I've watched this movie, uh, who he uses that sword on. Because now that we're talking about Conan, you're going to go watch Conan again. It's inevitable. Anytime either one of us talks about it, the other one automatically has to watch it within the next week or two or month. And uh, I'm sure that I have infested your brain enough. Uh, Even if you don't know it, I I incepted you and you're going to watch it again in a month. Um, But hey, (laughs) I'm also incepting you right now. Pay attention to who he uses the sword on, because if unless I'm wrong, I don't think he used that sword, his sword on one human being until the third act. Okay, so he kills a huge snake in the... Uh, he in kills the a lot of thing. animals with it. He kills the snake. He kills... Uh, well, let's see. He kills some birds. Yep. He punches a camel. Oh, yeah. That was great. But he doesn't use the sword on any of those people. They go in... The whole time they go in that snake temple thing, he doesn't kill anybody. But at the orgy scene, that's when he starts whipping ass in there. But that's the third act, isn't it? Yeah. So he carries that sword the whole frickin' movie and doesn't use it till the end. I just thought that was really... Except on animals. There was another yeah. animal that I think he used it on. I could be wrong. I, I But I just... I got to that orgy scene and I was like, he has only killed animals with his sword so far. He's a bastard. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I 
that's one of my favorite, if not my favorite Arnold, Schwar- Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. I'm not dogging it. I'm just saying it was, it was yeah. just a weird observation that I had. It's um, so gleefully R-rated. I mean, it, it, it so embraces, like, just violence and uh, it's great. Even even on watching it on uh, crackly VHS, it was still... Oh, man. That that score, that's one of my probably top ten scores of all time. And yeah, it's that epic. music just is unbelievable. And I love, love, love the movie. Uh, yeah. I, I, this is one that I will uh, love having the VHS on my shelf, but I absolutely need to get the Blu-ray. I want to see this in widescreen and cleaned up and, and whatever, but I can still pop in that VHS and it's a fine time. Did yours have the, uh, ending where him and the princess actually leave together? Wait, what? Yeah. The Blu-ray is the extended cut. There's actually, uh, after... After the temple gets set on fire, we actually, she actually kind of comes to her senses and him and Conan, or her, him and Conan, good God. Her and Conan ride off into the sunset together, basically. Oh, I don't remember. That's it's basically known as the international cut. Oh, uh, I don't think so. A, it probably not. This is probably, this would have to be the American version, I would guess. Ma- yeah, American that's the version theatrical. that I've, I've grown up with, but this, yeah, the Blu-ray version has a, a slightly different cut of huh. it. I, I, as I recall, the, uh, uh, his compatriots took her back. Uh, that storyline just kind of went away. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's just, yeah, different in this one here. So. Conan. Anyway, I love that movie. And I love the, the, what do I always call it? Every time that I see it happen on, on screen, I always have a word for it. It's a blood bag body or body bag of blood where um, they do it in Bride of Chucky and they do it in Conan and they do it in a couple of other movies where people get hit with things and there's just an explosion. Oh, geysers of, of geysers, blood. Waves. There's the whole tidal wave of blood. I love that so much. It's yeah. like, like a know, blood I- bag is just getting hit by a truck. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, another thing I like so much about Conan, and I go back to Kurosawa's stuff, is how I feel like this land really exists. Like this, there is a land like this, and it's an epic, huge, sprawling, super happy, fun adventure time. Yes, it is. (laughs) I totally agree. I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Even when you were talking about the Kurosawa stuff, I know what you mean. It feels dangerous. It feels like if. Somebody gets cut here, they're getting hurt for real. And, you know, ah, whatever. Yep. A cup of rice matters. Exactly. Yes, it does. Great okay. Movie. Anything else you want to add for this episode? We'll wrap it up. Uh, no, I've got a couple other Code Red stuff because I bought five total, but I'll save those for next week because, uh, uh, yeah, we'll save those. <laughs> Trust me. I also have, uh, what did I get? I got a, uh, I got High Plains Drifter on VHS. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought that was cool enough to pick up. Um, so that and Last Starfighter. Do you know why they haven't remade Last Starfighter yet? The writer of the Last Starfighter owns the rights to the movie. And has... And... He told Spielberg no. Spielberg tried to get it done a few years ago and he told him no. Now why not? Because that is so ripe for a remake or reboot or whatever. He doesn't want it done. So it's not going to happen in his lifetime, probably. Wow. All right. I thought that was interesting. If, yeah. Because we've talked about it before, how ripe that is for being remade. 
I just heard this week that story, so I was like, holy shit. Okay. Anyway, uh, other VHS things I'm going to be watching. Netflix has actually added a few things that I'm kind of interested in checking out. I'm on the last episode of Jessica Jones, um, season two, so that's my coming soon. What else do you have coming soon? Uh, I've got the movie Mayhem on Blu-ray now from the second half, or the other part of, uh, what's his name, uh, Joe Lynch. The other half of yeah. Um, Movie Crypt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got his latest movie. I'm looking forward to watching that one. It seems like it's like a, another Belko experiment type movie, the way it sounds. It, I oh, got it that's really the, cheap. the guy from uh, Walking Dead is in that. Correct, yes. I heard that's really good. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I was the price was right on Blu-ray, so I snatched that thing up. So that's like, honestly, that's probably what I'm going to watch tonight after the show. Until I fall asleep, drink in hand. Um, or lap, whatever. Yep. Uh, what else? Um, Under the Skin has been uh, on my to-watch shelf again, but I'm like, oh, man, that's I have to be in the right mood for that one. So it shall stay right there. Um, <clears throat> but I am getting um, an Umberto Lenzi-directed crime, Italian crime <sighs> thriller thing, whatever, with... Italian mob people called Almost Human. Hmm. Okay. That's... Oh, all right. That's all I know about the movie, but it's from Code Red. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's... And which, of course, that will lead me into uh, Cannibal Ferox, I'm sure, which will lead to Cannibal Holocaust, which will lead to all sorts of... And here we go again. Yeah. Gut <laughs> munching. Yes. It's, it's the story and, of my life. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm also going to really try and... Uh, the three billboards. I need to get that watched. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to. I'm going to get that as soon as I find that for a decent price on Blu-ray. I am going to own that movie. I listened to your uh, to you and Thomas talk on the uh, on his podcast, and he talked about that's not one that he could rewatch often. I actually, um, I am actually on the other side of the fence on that one. I actually cannot wait to watch that one again. I liked that so much. Guaranteed, I'll watch that before the new year. I guarantee, I, I can't wait to watch that one again. It's heavy, heavy stuff, but it was so good. So, and now here, I, I already reviewed this movie. It's great. I can't wait to watch it again. You should watch it. I think you would love it. <laughs> I do. I need, especially after 2307 Winter's Dream, I need to get back into some quality cinema. And, uh, I'm kind of done with my Kurosawa run, I think, for now. Um, because yeah, the stuff, stuff I have left is drama based. So I might let that breathe for a while. But I do want to watch some more high-quality stuff. And then I'm going to balance it out with some VHS and then maybe some bootleg anime and then uh, that I accidentally bought. And uh, what else? Um, there was one more. That, uh, I can't remember. Top Gun Blu-ray? Ugh, you, know that, you know they start filming the sequel here this year, I think. Oh, there is a god. <laughs> I'm Eric Marner. And I... Oh, no, I'm I, now I remember what it was I was going to say. Uh, we are in episode 190. Oh, we're counting down to 200. We are counting down, son. Uh, yeah, that, the, the box yeah. and... Dario Argento's Tenebrae. Tenebrae, coming up at yep. 200. We're, we'll do a countdown to that, I think, of some sort. And, uh, yeah, we got to sell those to each other. Um, you know, we have to do a whole yeah. episode of selling it. Uh I'm going to hopefully have Steve Miller on my side on uh, on Tenebrae trying to talk you into that one. It's not a competition. It's, I know. it's not a democracy. You don't get to vote on what the right opinion is. 
Come on, Steve. Yeah. Come in. The box, Steve. The box. It <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter. No, I, it's 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 weird that it's like it does not seem that like that long ago that we were trying to sell each other on uh, Cabin Fever and Vanilla Sky. Here, you want something worse? We are. Uh, let me see here. Uh, we're a month away from our four year anniversary. Wow. And and listeners out there, we started taping this at like I want to say one o'clock in the morning. Did we start? Eleven. I think it was eleven. Was it eleven? Okay. Uh, and the, you know, and round up. one, yeah, yeah, and we've just been getting early. We we get older, and the time gets earlier. Yeah, uh-huh. the, the drinks still happen. The drinks are still happening. <laughs> okay, we got to go. The show's going way too long. Yeah, way <laughs> too long. All right, I'll see you later, man. All right, see ya. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Movie Freaks. If you would like to get a hold of us, or drop us a line, or tell us you liked a review, or hated a review, or you disagree, or agree, or anything at all, you can get a hold of us at facebook.com backslash moviefreakspod. You can email us at moviefreakspod at yahoo.com. You can also follow us on the Twitter, at moviefreakspod. Thanks for listening. <laughs>